Welcome to Everything Nonprofit, a podcast where we reveal the secrets, tips, and tricks for leading a nonprofit. My name is Carmen. And I'm Kayla. As nonprofit founders, we know firsthand how challenging and overwhelming it can be to build a nonprofit from the ground up. This is a podcast for nonprofit executives by nonprofit executives. If you need advice on starting your own nonprofit organization or are looking to expand your knowledge of nonprofit operations, stay tuned. This second season of our podcast is a little different as we explore the nuts and bolts around nonprofits. Though it has been inspiring to hear our last five guests recount their experiences as leaders and lessons they have learned in their journeys, we feel that there is a gap around the technical aspect of how things work. Like, how do we grow our database? What kind of targeted metrics should we be analyzing? What marketing strategies are suited to our organization? And what are some of the keywords and hashtags we should be using to grow our audience? Kayla, those really are some pressing questions. Therefore, keeping them in mind, we are inviting experts in their niche fields to provide us their perspectives and wish that we can create more impact in the project management community. And we want to bring you along with us. I hope you'll enjoy listening to the episodes in the second season of Everything Nonprofit as much as we enjoy creating them. In this first episode of our second season, we are joined by Austin Haddock. Austin is a co-founder and principal at Pixel Lighthouse, a web agency that helps small nonprofit teams build websites and brands that drive people to action. Drawing from his background as a software developer in the for-profit world, Austin shares actionable tips on how nonprofits can build better relationships online through their websites and beyond. Austin's mission in life is to help as many nonprofits as possible level up their online presence and further their mission by reaching more beneficiaries, donors, and other members of the community. Welcome to the Everything Nonprofit Podcast, Austin. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Austin, let's ease into this episode by telling our listeners, what exactly is a nonprofit brand and why does it matter? That's a great question because I think there's a lot of misconceptions you know, surrounding what branding actually means. And when we say branding, what it, you know, what we really mean is that it is the management of meaning. So it's like really getting clear, you know, determining that meaning that you want your organization to have in your community's minds. So, you know, that's important because people connect with people. They don't connect with faceless organizations. And so, so through the process of branding, that's how we humanize our organization so that we can feel you know, cohesive and relatable and be understandable and also instill that trust in our community. And that also allows us to build those lasting and meaningful relationships with the people that we're trying to reach. And, and I'm happy to go into more details on the practicalities of branding, if, if that would be helpful. Well, I think one thing that we narrowed down on as an effective way of building a brand is storytelling. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are trying to leverage this specific technique. So I'm hoping that you can explain a little bit from your experience with working with nonprofits. Um, would you say that there's a secret formula to effective story, storytelling? Yeah, well, so there are a couple things you can do. I, I think the first thing to really call out is that 
storytelling doesn't have to be a production. You know, I, I think that storytelling has become a bit of a buzzword in the nonprofit space, you know, that has kind of this like mystique about it. But at the end of the day, storytelling is really just telling people about what you do and then allowing them to step into that larger narrative of what your organization does. And so one approach um, that I think is really important that a lot of nonprofits don't execute well on is establishing the characters of their story. So, you know, like what are those major players in your nonprofit story um, that allow everything to happen? And, And so when we're thinking about your nonprofit story, you know, like every good story has a hero who is able to overcome the problem and save, you know, the day. And I think many nonprofits see themselves in that role, uh, you know, as the hero, because, you know, just logically thinking without our organization, there wouldn't be the kind of change that we're able to make in the world, you know, as a result of our programs and other efforts. But the problem when we talk about our organization as if the organization is a hero is that it doesn't leave as much room for the people that we're trying to reach in our story. You know, and, and those are our supporters, it's our donors, beneficiaries, and just the larger community. And, and so it's kind of like our story isn't something that somebody else can become part of if the organization is the only one in the spotlight. And so what we want to do is uh, communicate with our supporters and the larger community you oversee as if they're the hero. You know, like they're the ones that allow us as an organization to do good in the world. And, uh, and, and what that does is kind of positions our organization off to the side. So it's kind of like, you know, our organization is the Yoda to our communities, Luke Skywalker. You know, the, we're here as an organization to show the hero the path forward and also help the hero overcome the problem, you know, and save the day. So what you're saying is in the end, it's not the organization that's the hero and it's not the people running the organization that's the hero. It's everybody else that donates their time, their money, their efforts. Those are the heroes and those are the people that you need to highlight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and then, so those are the two of the characters, but then there's also a third character that's also important to incorporate, which is the villain of the story. So like, what are we trying to overcome? You know, I think a lot of nonprofits kind of overlook this portion of it, but it's incredibly important to call out the villain just so that, you know, like we understand like what is the force that we're trying to, um, you know, eliminate or we're trying to remove. Villain kind of conjures up this idea of like a person. It's often not going to be a person when you're talking about your mission, but it's going to be something, you know, often it's like a general concept. It could be a systemic issue that you're struggling against. It could be like the big business that doesn't care about people. It only cares about profits. Uh, it could be societal habits like uh, littering in your local community. But you want to really name that something that your organization is working to remedy. And then that way, you know, people can actually understand what is it that we're trying to overcome. And, uh, and you know, in order to accomplish the mission and actually see the transformation in our community that we want to see. That's an excellent summary, Austin. Now I want to shift gear to talk more about your bread and butter, a well-rounded nonprofit website strategy. What is it exactly? And what would you say are the major components to it? It's really important to determine the visitor journey that you want to take your website visitors on. 
And so, you know, what I recommend doing is you start with what is the number one thing that we want people to do if we could only make one ask when they come to our website. And then you should take that action and then, you know, start to work backwards from that. So, and look at every single element on your website through the lens of, is this getting us further or closer to someone taking this action? You know, like what, what would need to happen? What do we need to have in place for our visitors to take this action? What does our visitor need to know? What do they need to feel? And then, you know, like really mapping out that path all the way to the beginning where you say, you know, like where are people starting their journey on our organization's website? Is it our home page? Is it our resources page? Uh, maybe it's a blog article and, you know, like making sure that we're clearly and effectively conveying what it is our organization does and how someone can get involved as early in the process as possible, um, you know, to help point people towards the action that we want them to take. And so, you know, to kind of sum all that up, mapping out that visitor journey, uh, in my opinion, is really key for developing a solid nonprofit website strategy. So what is your advice for mapping out that that journey that nonprofit organizations want their website visitors to take? It's going to be really specific to the organization, but I mean, a lot of times it would be join our newsletter. That's often a very good um, kind of segue into potentially becoming a donor. For other organizations, it could be actually go straight for the donation, could be become a member, but you want to get crystal clear about what it is those next steps, you know, when somebody comes to a particular page on your website, what should they do next? Should they read uh, our about page? Should they look at our programs? Do we want them to make a donation? Do we want them to go to our volunteer page? And having every page on your website, make sure that it has like a purpose, what it's pointing people to. And it could be multiple locations, you know, depending on which page it is. The homepage often has different routes for different audiences because it's trying to cater to a lot of groups. But um, having that purpose in mind and being really clear about somebody comes here and we want them to do this as a next step is uh, really valuable for figuring out that overall journey. I'm sure a lot of nonprofit organizations come to you with, a que- with requests to help redesign their website. In your experience, what have been the typical motivators for organizations to redesign their web pages? This is a good question because there's, there's a lot of them, but I think there are two major buckets really that organizations fall into. The first is kind of inward facing. And what happens whenever an organization typically undergoes a website redesign, there is a lot of focus on the front end experience. So like what our visitors are going to see and what they're going to feel. But there's comparatively very little focus on like the day-to-day, you know, keeping content up to date, being able to manage the website, you know, with non-technical staff members in mind. And, and, you know, when you can't update the website internally, that means either the website just doesn't get updated, uh, which means that your content starts to become out of date, you know, as soon as the site launches, or you also get stuck in this trap of you have to go through the external vendor who originally created the site. And that can be costly. It can also be really slow. And so that's, one common pain point that makes nonprofits want to explore a website redesign. And the other one is uh, kind of more obvious as a problem, but I think it's also harder to know how to solve, which is, uh, you know, our website is confusing or we might feel embarrassed to direct people to our website because we know that visitors aren't going to be able to find the information that they want uh, when they come. 
or it also just doesn't represent us in our work very well. And so, you know, that's, that's the other reason why nonprofits commonly undergo website redesign is because their website isn't connecting with their visitors in the way that they would want. So for those nonprofit organizations that, that come to you for a redesign for reason number one, or they're trying to figure out how do we keep this up to date with non-technical resources, as you mentioned, do you help walk them through creating a plan to do that? Yeah. Yeah. So there are kind of a lot of moving pieces, but you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's a platform that should be extensible enough so that you can make the changes that you want to. So you should be able to update the text. You should be able to add pages and remove pages and move sections around. And so that's a big focus of what we do is like, yes, you're going to get a good um, front-end experience that connects with your visitors. But then we also want to keep in mind the back-end experience and like what you guys are going to need on a day-to-day upkeep basis and how you guys are going to be able to um, manage that and keeping things so that you can change everything. And it's not like, you know, you can only update half the website, uh, but you know, this other half, it's going to require, you know, a little bit more um, uh, elbow grease. And earlier you mentioned about that one ask on your website. What if I'm just using our organization as an example, it really depends on who is browsing our website. That's what we want the ask to be targeted to. So there are two major audiences that we are targeting. Uh, One is nonprofits in the Puget Sound region. The second audience is our project managers. How would you put that out on a website if there are multiple asks that we want our audience to take? This is a great question. Uh, There's a couple of ways you could approach it. Number one is make sure that you have content that speaks to both audiences. So you have information on your homepage that talks about, you know, if you're a nonprofit, go here. Uh, And then, you know, whoever whoever else you're trying to reach and make sure that it directs them to the appropriate location on their website. So for a lot of other organizations, it'll be like, um, you know, it could be little boxes that are like donors, click here, volunteers, click here, beneficiaries, click here, and it'll take you to the appropriate location of your website. Because that's um, kind of one of the major roles of your homepage is to funnel people to wherever's most relevant to them. And then another thing you could do is um, to uh, create an onboarding sequence with your newsletter. So say like three to five emails, whenever somebody joins your newsletter, that's like, uh, you know, email number one might be the big idea. Here's what we're all about. Email number two might be talking to nonprofits. Email number three might talk about another audience. Email number four could be possibly case studies or testimonials. And uh, in those emails, you can, you know, have different um, focuses. So it could be one really speaks to the nonprofit audience and that has a more direct call to action, you know, whatever that next step might be for nonprofits to take. And that can be um, help them kind of remind what you'd like them to do. And it's also really effective because you have that education component up front that's kind of like, you know, here's here's what we're all about. And then, hey, you nonprofit, um, now that you know what we're all about and maybe some testimonials, maybe some case studies, a little bit of social proof, uh, here's how you could take the next step and really get value from our organization as well. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers. Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers helps impactful non-for-profit organizations 
achieve their objectives by connecting them with skillful project managers who can aid them in crystallizing their visions, leading project teams, and deconstructing their goals into achievable milestones. This service is absolutely free and can help your nonprofit organization get the extra help it needs so that you can spend more time making a difference in the world and less time on administration. Visit pm-volunteers.org to request the assistance of a project manager 100% free of charge. No gimmicks, no catches, just one nonprofit helping another. Austin, I'm going to ask you a question that I think a lot of nonprofits want to know about. What are some of the common mistakes you see nonprofits making that can cause them to be stagnant and not be able to grow in their donor numbers? Totally. Yeah. I think one thing that most nonprofit websites get wrong is kind of uh, making, assuming that you've already got the donation when somebody comes to your donation page. So a lot of organizations sort of treat it like, you know, when somebody comes there, uh, they've already got the credit card out. It's just a you know matter of course. We just got to type in the numbers and we've got the donation. But in truth, whenever somebody comes to your donation page, they're usually just um, curious. You know, at that early stage. So maybe they are interested in supporting your organization, but they're also they have a lot of questions on their mind that they want to have answered before they're going to make that decision to lend their support. And so you want to speak to those questions that they have and, and really make a case for why they would want to um, support your organization. So, you know, repeating things like what it is that you do, what's the big idea, who is it for, what's at stake, you know, why does it matter? And then also um, speaking to some of their concerns about how donations are used. So, you know, if I were to give you $20, what does that translate into in ter terms of something, you know, tangible? Is that like, uh, you know, books for a student for a year. If I give you $50, uh, what does that translate into? $100, what does that translate into? And that can bridge the gap to help people understand, you know, like what does it actually mean in terms of impact? What's like something that I can visualize if I were to give you different amounts to give me that context? This is great advice. And I, I also wonder, is all this advice applicable to nonprofits that are just starting out as compared to ones that are more established? And if that advice is different for those two categories, how does it differ? Yeah, yeah. I think there are a lot of commonalities between bigger organizations and smaller organizations. Um, and absolutely, you know, the suggestions for the visitor journey are very important uh, and as well as the donation experience. But one thing that I think more like new organizations could keep in mind is that you don't, you know, like I, you, you don't need like a fancy like charity water type of website that's like this, you know, beautiful, wonderful, incredible experience um, that's, you know, that's really polished type of thing. But you do, you know, absolutely need a website. And so one, thing that um, I think, you know, possibly newer organizations could do is when they're trying to create their website is to make sure that all their text content, like just take their text content on their website and put it in something like a Google Doc, where it's just like just text, there's no images, there's no colors, no design, it's just text. And, and then, you know, pretend like this was your website, this Google document, and ask yourself, if 
someone were to go here, you know, like, would they understand the characters in your organization's story? You know, would they know what it is you do? Like, who is it for? Why it matters? What's the big idea? And how they could get involved? And, um, you know, if they started there, I think um, that is a really solid basis for creating your website. And uh, is something that I think it's an exercise that a lot of smaller nonprofits would benefit from because that messaging part, that's, you know, that's how we communicate with people. It's the, the words that we use. that's so important. And the design is also valuable, but the design is really there just to support that overall message. So once you get that message dialed in, everything else usually falls into place after. Off the top of your head, can you think of one client? You don't need to name any names. Um, whom has met and exceeded all the metrics they have set out to accomplish from working with you. And if you don't mind, can you share the story with our listeners? Totally. Yeah. So when organizations come to us, there are a number of things that we work on because the website is kind of like this major hub where a lot of things take place. And so we, you know, we focus on things like getting more people to become newsletter subscribers, you know, optimizing the donation experience like we previously mentioned. But, you know, at the end of the day, it comes back to there is this mismatch in terms of meaning. So the organization staff sees the organization in one way, and then that isn't translated into their website. And, and so there's this gap between how the organization wants to be perceived and then the way that it actually is being perceived by their audience. And, uh, and so when we're working with clients, one of the exercises we do is we come up with these words or phrases that are, you know, specific to that organization's personality. So like what um, could, could be like blunt or contrarian, it could be like honest. Uh, and then there's another one, um, one organization we worked with that had a phrase of a hand to hold. When we dug into what they meant by a hand to hold, we learned that it's you know, kind of, it's this feeling of like, it's really all about the warmth that you feel like when you were a kid and like when you went to stay at your grandparents' house. So it's kind of like you, you felt relaxed, you felt taken care of, very welcome. It was like kind of carefree and at peace to kind of set the stage for when this client first came to us. Their website was very incongruent with that message. Like uh, all the, it was kind of claustrophobic. It was very blocky and angular design. All the, the page elements were squished together. Um, the, the, the website was just difficult to read in general because there was no clear organization of the content. And um, really the website just felt kind of cold. Like there wasn't a lot of personality, um, lots of deep, dark, very saturated colors. And it, it felt like really distant and clinical, you know, kind of when you added everything together. Uh, and, and so what we did is we, you know, ended up taking that phrase, a hand to hold, and turning it into you know, a bunch of changes. So one thing we did was uh, update their color palette to focus more on like a yellow, like kind of a bright and sunny color. And that did a number of things because they were trying to have more of like a hopeful, kind of cheerful aspect to them. And it was very different within their space. Uh, they were in the hospice care industry and um, uh, yellow is just not a color that you typically seen. So it was kind of a differentiator in that way. And then we also, you know, did things like focusing more on the people uh, the using high quality photos, like the people that are, were impacted. And then also, um, like a total redo of their entire messaging really, uh, because, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that we were telling the story that they wanted to tell and making things feel personable and welcoming. 
So like very scannable, very easy to find like A to B where you want to go. And then meet, you know, meeting people where they are when they come to the website so that you can pull them into that larger story that you're trying to tell. And, and so, you know, that's kind of what we did is we took their uh, website, which wasn't reflecting their organization in the way that they wanted to, and then turned it into something that had that aspect of like, you know, the, the vision that the staff had about what the organization could be and how it could connect with their visitors. That's a great story. I really love how you made it so personal to the individuals running the organization and really got to know them. So Austin, if nonprofits want to work with you to build their brand and learn more about creating website strategies, what's that process and time commitment like? So when we create a website for a nonprofit client, there are two major parts. So the first is the strategy, and that is the most important part of a website development process. And it's also the one, the step that most commonly gets overlooked. Uh, And we have a standalone service for that called the Nonprofit Beacon, where in the Beacon, we do a deep dive interview into like everything surrounding the organization. So where have you been? Where do you want to go? You know, where do things currently stand? And then we translate that into uh, kind of a roadmap blueprint for what are the things that you need to start doing and stop doing on your website and with your brand in order to accomplish your goals. And then that document uh, is something that organizations they can use internally. So if they want to make changes on their own, they're welcome to use that as their North star. They can also use it um, to solicit bids from other vendors, or they can use it to work with us. In which case we would go into the second step of that process, which is our website execution. And in the execution phase, we just build on that strategy that we previously outlined. So we, flesh out the entirety of the website. We identify every page we want to have and um, what, you know, each next step, all the the messages that we want to convey and how everything really fits together into that larger whole. And then we also outline kind of the visuals. So like what are other organizations in our space doing? What are they not doing? uh, And what are, you know, some of the opportunities with that? And then we pull everything together and we turn it into, uh, you know, a mock-up of your homepage, kind of iterate on that a little bit and expand it out until we get to the website launch. And, and so, and that's kind of like our two-step process is you start with that strategy, that's the most important part. And then you move into execution to turn that strategy into something that actually connects with your visitors. It usually ends up being, so the, the strategy part is 10 to two weeks, 10 days to two weeks typically, and is only two and a half hours in total. Um, and then for the actual project execution, it varies, you know, uh, if you're a relatively new organization with, uh, you're only trying to reach donors and you don't have many programs and maybe a relatively small website, it could be a little smaller, but as a general rule of thumb, it's about a two month process from beginning to end. Um, once project kickoff begins all the way to launching the website. That gives me a better picture. Thanks for sharing that Austin. And where can our listeners find you and your organization? So there are two ways that people can connect with me. First is you can follow me on LinkedIn, where I share actionable tips several times a week for how to improve your organization's messaging and website and brand. And then the second way is if anybody would like a free guide to creating a story-based nonprofit visitor journey for your organization's website, then you can access it by going to pixellighthouse.com slash everything dash nonprofit. And so one more time, that's pixel lighthouse with a double L in the middle.com 
slash everything dash nonprofit. Fantastic. I'll make sure to add all of those details in our show notes. And Austin, thank you so much for being our first guest on the second season of our podcast. It has been a worthy 30 minutes to pick your brain on building effective brands and websites for nonprofits. We loved all your actionable tips and suggestions for what we can do to enhance our own. Thanks again for hopping onto this episode with us. Absolutely. So glad I could join. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Everything Nonprofit. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Mm